Good morning. Um, oh, yeah, you talk back. It's fun when sometimes you get up in front of a group to share and you say good morning in dead silence. I like interactive. Interactive's good. Oh, my name's Steve Brown. This is my lovely wife, Tanya. Um, our boy, Boki, he'll be around after the service. You can come say hi to him. Um, it's an honor to be here. Thank you guys so much for inviting us and welcoming us back. James said he's known us for a little while. I don't even want to count the number of years. Well, apparently she just counted. She said 20, but I'm going to pretend. Okay, so it's been a few years since we met James and Ashley. They were in high school, and uh, we got to know them, love on them, and we've been great friends ever since. In fact, James and Ashley have both come to Serbia, and they've served alongside us. It's been a few years, but uh, I think I ask every week. But that's okay. Let's make it official. Come back. We'd love to have you. But it's an honor to be here today. Um, we, oh, can we get the PowerPoint up, please? Uh, we are serving in the country of Serbia. If you look at your monitor, you can see the boot of Italy. That's easy to recognize, the yellow country that looks like a boot. Look a little bit to the right. There's another yellow country there. The words are a little blurred right now, but that's Serbia. So we're in Europe, kind of the, the, on the line of Eastern and Central Europe. But it's a country that, when she was being raised, was communist. If I can get this. There we go. This is what the country looked like when she was being raised. It was Yugoslavia. And how many countries is Yugoslavia now? No, six countries. Some, some people in the world consider it seven, but uh, Serbian people say six. Yeah, there's a political issue about, about uh, Kosovo. Some of the world says, no, that's an independent country. Some of the world says, no, we won't recognize it. But it doesn't matter. Imagine being raised in one country that enters into a civil war so violent, so horrible, it ends up over the years being six or seven countries. And that's, that's where she was raised. And what was it like um, when you first hear, heard about God? So in communism, in communism, there is no God, right? They, they don't want you to talk about God. There is no God. You're not able to talk about God. You're not able to go to church. You just don't hear about God. What was it like to hear about God for the first time and to meet Jesus? Uh, uh, well, God, as we all know, God is the one who's, who first... Uh, works in our hearts. We, he's, uh, he works first before we re realize that we are looking for him. So that's how it was with me. Uh, during communism, I didn't know, anything, didn't know anything about God. And after that, I started to be interested in him. Uh, later, I realized that it was him who was working in me and calling, him, calling me to himself. Mm -hmm. So I was in college in the capital of Serbia, Belgrade, when I got to be a roommate with a newborn Christian girl. And it's a long, beautiful story, uh, but God um, connected me with her. And one day I spotted her Bible uh, on the bed, and I took it and started to read it. And for the first time in my life, I realized that I was a sinner too, because I thought I was a good person. I didn't do what uh, evil things that other people do around me. And I did not know I was a sinner. And 
and the Holy Spirit was working in me, and I started to read it, and the same day I asked her if I could go to church with her. And that was a Protestant church that I did not know existed in Serbia. Uh, so it's a, it's a long, I don't want to take time to, to share now my testimony, maybe another time. But that, that, that day in, in this church, I, uh, I met Jesus Christ. As one of the elders was speaking, and he said in his sermon, he said, whoever wanted to meet Jesus, come in front, we can pray for you. And I was thinking, you can meet Jesus? And I said, I, that's it for me. I wanted to meet Jesus. Didn't know much about him, but like, like a ch- child, I opened my heart and wanted to meet him. And ever from that moment, my life was never the same again. And I was there in church every single uh, sermon, uh, event, everything was going on, reading the Bible all the time, uh, growing very fast in my faith. And so so on, started to working with children, with young people after that. And um, this is very short, but... Uh, from being totally ignorant uh, during communism, then after that, when I heard that you can really meet Jesus, that was revolutionary for me. So I did not take that for granted. That was all. God became my life, and the church also became my home, and uh, my life was never the same again. Thank you. So we live in Serbia. This is a picture of the country Serbia. Uh, Belgrade is up toward the north. We live in the south, and and she's from the south. Um, the last song we sang together here, the final final refrain, the final words, the Lord is our salvation. The Lord is our salvation. Again and again, the Lord is our salvation. And the thing is that in our world, whether it's in Serbia or whether it's in America, whether it's in Japan or France or anywhere in the world, people think that the salvation, their salvation, their hope is going to be somewhere else. In America, stereotypically, it's money. If I have things, if I have money, if I have what to show, that's my salvation. I am something. In Serbia, it's politicians, it's, it's power, it's whatever. But people are looking in different places for their salvation. And yet, we as children of God, we're told in Scripture that our salvation is found in one place and one place alone, and that's in Jesus Christ. Not found in money, not found in power, not found in the amazing ability of the worship team up here to lead us in worship, not found in politicians, not found anywhere except Jesus Christ and his amazing gift of salvation, his sacrifice on the cross that he offers us, his forgiveness. So Jesus, one of the last things he said before he ascended to heaven, he, he died on the cross. He lived a perfect life. He died on a cross, perfect, guiltless, rose from the grave. And then he's getting ready to ascend to heaven. And Jesus says in Matthew 28, 18 to, through 20, and I grew up going to church and every missionary I ever remember coming to, to speak at the church I attended would, would speak on this but they would speak something that I'll tell you in a minute. Uh, But Jesus came to them and said to them, all authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. Go therefore and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the father and of the son and of the Holy spirit, teaching them to observe all that I have commanded you. And behold, I am with you always, 
even to the end of the age, or it doesn't say even, to the end of the age. Well, the, the missionaries, sorry, I'm reading the screen up here that you're seeing there. Um, the missionaries that would come, I would always remember them saying, see, the Bible says go. You're supposed to be a missionary. Why are you sitting in America? So go. Well, I don't read Greek, but I do know how to read commentaries. And I do know how to read commentaries of people who do speak Greek. And here in this text, go is not a command. Jesus is not saying to the disciples, go Jesus is saying to the disciples, make disciples, make disciples, make disciples as you are going, because you are going to go. Where are you going to go? We're going to go to Serbia. You're going to go to work. Maybe you're going to go to Idaho. Maybe you're going to go to Japan or Germany or France or some other country, but you are going to go. And wherever it is that you are going, be intentional and make disciples. And so that's what we want to do. We get to make disciples in Serbia and you get to make disciples in America or wherever else it is that God happens to send you. But part of the assumption of making disciples is that you are sharing the gospel of Jesus Christ because the Lord is our salvation, right? How are they going to know about Jesus Christ as it says in in Romans 10, correct? How are they going to know if nobody tells them? How are they going to be... Sometimes my grammar in English gets messed up because of Serbian. Um, how are they going? How are they going to be people to disciple if they aren't hearing about Jesus Christ? If they aren't coming to a personal, life-altering, life-changing personal relationship with Jesus Christ? Because the Lord is our salvation. So everything we do, we want it to be about evangelism and discipleship. So I just talked about the second verse, but there's three verses there. At the beginning of this, Jesus comes to him and he says, all authority in heaven on earth. How much authority? All authority. That's most of it, right? No, it's all of it. All of it. Where? In heaven and on earth. That means there's not physical authority that he doesn't have. There's not spiritual authority that he doesn't have because he has all authority in heaven and on earth. Every bit of it. And then he says, so go and make disciples. And at the end he says, and I am with you. And actually that's the second command where it says, behold, says, pay attention, behold. That's the second command. Make disciples and listen up. I am with you as you are making disciples. I have all authority and I am with you no matter where you go. So what are you doing waiting? Why are you afraid? Go and make disciples. Share about me, Jesus Christ. And make disciples, teaching them all that I have taught you. And in Serbia, that's what we want to be about. And when we're in America, though it's rare and it's short, that's what we want to be about. And that's what every one of us as children of God is called to be about. Making disciples, evangelism, and discipleship. Well, we we are blessed that God has given us many different tools that in Serbia we get to use for making disciples. Could you share about this, what they're looking at? Yeah, when someone asks us, what do you do in Serbia? Uh, Steve and I say, we share the gospel and uh, make disciples in hundreds of ways. <laughs> so there, we, ha- we use many tools to do this. This is one of many tools, uh, how to share the gospel with uh, predominantly evangel- uh, university students. Uh, so this is Alpha Course. I don't know if you heard about Alpha Course. Uh, it, uh, when we gather with them, we have some snacks or food with them to 
inviting non-believers to the tables, and every table at every table we put some believers who will lead conversation. Uh, so we have different topics. Um, uh, for example, who is Jesus Christ? What is the Bible? How can I pray? And these people who have never stepped into a church, uh, who have never heard the gospel, they are hearing from us. We, uh, we listen to, we share the story, uh, the lesson with them, and then we talk for a long time. We hear what they think, they hear what we think. And we use every opportunity and every minute to sow the seed of God's word, uh, the message of the gospel in their minds and hearts. And, of course, we uh, befriend them and we see them after after those, uh, not only in those settings, but after that, too, in, in various settings to share more with them, loving on those people. This is just shortly about yeah. this. This is just one of the many tools that the Lord gives us. And this is a tool where we gather them together because the Lord is our salvation. Serbian students, most of them are thinking, how can I get out of Serbia? Not because they hate the culture. It's a beautiful culture. It's a warm culture. It's a culture of people who, if they love you, man, they love you with everything they got. But they're looking at the culture saying, how am I going to get a job? Where am I going to make a living? I don't need to be rich, but what am I going to do? And they're looking at that saying, well, that's my salvation. How am I going to get that? How am I going to uh, live the lifestyle I want? And they're saying, well, I, I better leave Serbia. I'm going to find that salvation. And we want them to know it's not found in those things. Your university students, when we say the word student, we're always talking about college students. The only salvation you're going to find that's going to fill you is in Jesus Christ. And this is one of the tools that God gives us. Once in a while, we do get to gather people together for a purpose of sharing the gospel. And we're open about it. We're going to talk about life topics from the word of God. And so they know when they come that, that we're going to be talking about these things. But most of the time when we get to share uh, with people about Jesus, it's through personal relationship. It's through personal contact uh, people that we might meet on the street or friends that the Lord has given us. This, yeah. Why don't you share what they're looking at? Okay. Uh, the middle picture, you see some letters. And this Letter, is... Letters folded up in a backpack. Yeah. And this is one of the, one copy of that letter. And I'm going to explain what it is. So it's about two and a half pages. Um, I call it the gospel uh, written on the paper in the way I would share it orally with someone. So the way I, I will just start from the beginning. The way I started with this uh, idea was many, many years ago, maybe 10, 15 years ago, when some of my friends were sick and they were far away from me in Serbia, but far away from me, and I couldn't get to them easily. One of them died after that. Um, and I put on the paper uh, and send them by mail. And uh, what, what this letter contains is the gospel, as I said, the gospel message, how I would share it orally with people. Uh, so the, the title is Salvation is Only in Christ or Through Christ, in, 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 written in Serbian. Um, so many people in Serbia, 80% of people claim to be Orthodox people, which in Serbia means just national identity, 
uh, doesn't mean uh, they have anything to do with God. Uh, they sometimes say they're orthodox atheists or agnostics uh, or whatever they are, which is very sad. Um, and uh, what's the most sad to me is that they uh, don't know the truth about God. And I can cry over that every day. And as we lived there, and we, when we lived in the States, I was so impatient to go back thinking God can't save Serbian people without me. Uh, because very rarely people go and they, they love to share the gospel. And so I wrote this, uh, and I will tell you what, uh, what, con- uh, what this letter contains. And this, I want this to be an encouragement to all of you. Um, this is so easy. You can write it in, in your own language, send it to all your friends, all your family, all your neighbors, your co-workers, wherever you go. And as, as we know from statistics, when we hear something, we remember maybe 10% or so. But when we read something, we remember a lot more and a lot better. Just a question. So you said that somebody should write this in English from America and give it out. Why is it not better that you just translate your letter? Because there's some things in it uh, that that are tied to um, Serbian culture. And it's contextualized to to Serbian uh, culture. So... Uh, but what is important that it has to have the full gospel message. So what I put in this letter is to explain, uh, to, to put people to, uh, to understand who is God. First, who is God and how God created everything. And then, who is Jesus Christ and what is the gospel? Why did, why did Jesus Christ come to the earth? Why he died on the cross? Uh, the fact that we are all sinners... Then, um, then some verses from the Bible, the wages of sin, the eternal reward of, uh, is, um, it, uh, the reward in, in, sorry, I'm translating from Serbian, is eternal life in Jesus Christ our Lord. Then there are some specific sins of Serbian nations, such as occultism uh, and superstition and witchcraft There, many people are doing there. Uh, addressed as a sin, and they have to repent for that. Then uh, calling people to forgive everyone they, uh, that, that hurt them. Then also explaining why we uh, celebrate Christmas and Easter. Uh, in Serbia, the most important thing for, uh, for Christmas Day is, of course, getting, getting together with family, but it's, it's around a roasted pig. And a lot of food. After 40 days of fasting, uh, orthodox or in orthodox way, which you can eat everything except meat or how what their rules uh, their rules say, uh, which is not fasting, uh, and also uh, about Easter, explaining that Jesus Christ is alive, and what that means for us today, and also I put uh, instructions to people to read the Bible. And um, pray, some prayers, two prayers. One of them, I say, uh, it's a, you call it a, a save, sinner's, prayer. sinner's prayer. We call, I call it in Serbia, prayer for salvation. Explain to people how, to, in their context, they can understand. So, um, it basically, you can put on paper everything you need. You need to share with people in order for them to uh, to understand and to absorb the word of God. And 
Of course, when we sow the seed of God's word into people's minds and hearts, we cannot expect immediate results. Uh, there is a time when the Holy Spirit is working in them, and then uh, there is a time for watering that seed, and there is a time for harvest much later. Uh, so sometimes I go, uh, not sometimes, every time I go out of my house, I fill my backpack with these letters, and I said, the Lord, uh, Lord, uh, the sower is getting out to sow the seed. Use me. And then I go to a store. I go to post, the post office, to the marketplace, to walk my dog, to pay the bills, to doctor's office, to the lab, maybe to check uh, blood or to bring someone else anywhere, anywhere. Just name it. Uh, and I start conversations with people. And when they, they hear I'm friendly, they hear I'm normal, uh, <laughs> normal uh, they, um, then at the end I, said, I always say to them, I have a gift for you. I have a gift for you. I have a gift for you. I pull that out. Sometimes I have New Testaments or whole Bibles to give. Um, and I give them a gift. It's a free gift God has given us. And we have to be proactive in sharing this with, with all people we can. Uh, usually people say, what is it? And I explain what is it. Sometimes I mention, oh, don't worry, this is the right theology. I am a student of theology, which is true. I am under, now in my old age student of theology. But um, sometimes I don't say that. Meaning that you're going to Bible school in a Serbia. Bible school, yeah. Uh, so, uh, so that I can gain trust with them more uh, because people are afraid of cults and sects going around and uh, with wrong theology and as I give this to people I totally trust that the Holy Spirit is going to use it in their lives I'm not a savior but my task is to speak and to share it with all people I can so all our neighbors all friends uh People that we don't know, um, so many of them. Um, I, I do that this in a daily basis, and this is one of my, my biggest joys in life, uh, to share the gospel with people. And the, the gospel is one of my favorite, ever, ever favorite words <laughs> in, uh, in any given language. Um, so I, we want to encourage you to do this. Be proactive. Uh, be brave. God is calling us to be brave. Uh, I, I am sure that none of us here is ashamed of the gospel, but uh, if we have right motives for sharing the gospel, which is love for God and love for people, there's nothing that can stop us. What I am drawn to, to, uh, with toward people is love. Love for God and love for them and desire that everyone gets saved. This is my huge desire. I walk down the street. In, people, in Serbia, you have so many people walking. Uh, you have, of course, people driving, but uh, so many more people than here you can see walking. You can stop on the street and talk with people, ask about different things. And everybody needs God. And I, I look at their eyes, and I pray, and I go, and I pray for them as I walk through the streets. God, please save this person, and please give me opportunity to share. And this is my pleasure. This is not hard. This is, this is something I live for, and I, I so enjoy. And I, would, I could do this all day long. 
Um, so I really want to encourage you, be brave. Uh, ask God for, for all the ways you can do this in your area or wherever you, uh, wherever you go. Uh, and God will use you. That's for sure. So this is one tool that God's given us, a great tool for reaching out to those who don't know Christ. And Tanya said she, want, she wants, we want to encourage you to be brave. Well, how can you be brave? It's, it's kind of intimidating, right? Remember the Great Commission? I have all authority. All authority in heaven on earth is given to me, and I am with you until the end of the age. As you're stepping out, as you're sharing the gospel, as you're making disciples, I am with you. Step out and be brave. Because the Lord is our salvation. In the bottom right of, of what's on your screen, a few weeks ago, we stopped by a gas station over there. And, and as I went in to pay, Tanya shared with a gas station attendant about Christ, about the gospel, and gave him this letter. I came out from paying, and I see the gas station attendant sitting at a table there by the window reading the gospel message in this letter. So I pull out my camera. I take a few scenery shots so he doesn't realize my whole point is to take this picture here of him. That would have been a little awkward. But this isn't a rare thing. I remember a time, it was on our anniversary several years ago, and we went somewhere, and Tanya, of course, said, Steve, print me up. I don't know how many, 50 or 100 of these letters. And, and so we had them all ready and folded, and they were in her backpack, and she just has an evangelistic heart like no one I've ever met. And so at the end of our outing, whatever it is we were doing that day, we went back toward the car, and Tanya said, oh, no, I have letters left. And so it, we walked through a park to get to our car, and Tani says, you just go to the car. I'll be right back. And so she goes to someone selling ice cream. She goes to someone selling newspaper. She goes to, I remember, and if I remember wrong, don't correct me because my story sounds good. But <laughs> what I remember is her going to three what looked like high school students, some with colored hair, smoking cigarettes, sitting on a park bench. And she gives them the gospel message. And she's sharing with them. And she goes around this park, sharing with people. And you could see a trail of people behind her so you could easily find where she was because you'd see people selling ice cream and reading the letter. You'd see these students smoking their cigarettes and reading this letter because the Lord is our salvation. And, it, and is, is it something difficult for you to do? Is it, oh, Tanya, you've got to go evangelize. Oh, man, that's my duty today. Then why do you do it? It's my huge joy. And I, I love that. And, and Jesus said the greatest commandment is love God. And if you need a second one, love people, right? Love God, love people. And if you love someone, you're just going to talk about who you love. If you want me to talk about car repair, which I know nothing about, I can ruin them, I can't fix them, I'll talk to you about it. You want to talk about sports, maybe a little more interesting. You want to talk about Tanya or Boki, I'll go on for years. Well, if you love Christ, it's just natural that that's going to flow out of you. So this is one of the tools that God has given us to share the gospel because that's what we're called to do, every one of us, because the Lord is our salvation. Well, another tool that we get to do, more I get to do, is using my being a native English speaker, being raised, born and raised here in America, um, as a way to reach out to college students. 
in, in Europe, at least in Serbia. From first grade on, they learn English. And the idea in, in Europe, in Serbia, is if you want to go anywhere in life, you need to be able to speak English. It's the international language. It's the computer language. It's, it's just what you need to do. Well, they get a lot of grammar. They get a lot of words, so they have things memorized. But they rarely get the opportunity to speak, much less to a native speaker. And we live in southern Serbia, where it's even less likely than in the north, where we used to live. And so when I offer these classes, people are attracted to it, and they're drawn to it. And we do this. I get to develop relationships with people, like Tanya said, many times at, uh, when, we, when we do these evangelistic outreaches, we develop relationships, and we'll meet with them later for coffee, and we'll connect with them. Well, I get those opportunities a lot of times through this also, but even just during the class itself, in the upper level classes, I'll teach different levels depending on where the students are. I'll write out a Bible story and I give everyone a copy of the Bible story and I tell them, I'm a Christian, I'm a believer, I believe the same Bible you do. It's just kind of like they read the King James Version. The same Bible, right? So we're, we're, we're reading the same Bible. Okay, here's a Bible story. I'm going to read it. You're going to listen to my accent. At the end, any words you don't understand or terms or questions you have, just ask and we'll talk about it. So I read, it's about one page long, and, and they circle terms or make notes of what they want to ask. And at the end, I ask them what's new. Well, we'll get some normal words that they ask about, but we've also had, what, what is the word sin? What's this word uh, salvation or redeem or sacrifice? Well, what's this mean? Okay. Well, let's talk about it. One time I was talking with them about relationships. And so we were having a conversation about what does it mean to be loved, to feel loved. And every student had their own opinion. And I said, you know what? I want to read a poem to you. So I, I pulled up 1 Corinthians 13. And I read to them, uh, love is, and all these things. And the students are, that's in the Bible. One time I was reading something that's a Bible story, and there was a student there, this girl, this college student. She said, that's in the Bible? i got to read this book. Well, yes, yes, you do. And this is another tool that God has given us for the purpose of reaching out in his name. Oops. Another tool that he's given us, and we could tell a hundred stories about each and every picture, but we're just going to share quickly God has given us a team of doctors from the Christian Medical and Dental Association, an American Doctors Association. They go to different countries around the world, doctors reaching out to doctors. And so a few of them have come to our city, and uh, we've partnered with them, reaching out to doctors in, in our city. The middle picture here where we're sitting around a table to the left is a gentleman in a blue, blue scrubs, I think you call it. And he is a high-level cardiovascular surgeon, runs a clinic, cardiovascular surgical clinic in our city. And God's given us a great relationship with him. And so the bottom picture of all those men, two of those are American doctors. One is that doctor that's in the scrubs in the picture above. And that doctor had invited 20-plus of his young coworkers, of his young colleagues, doctors, to come and sit with these American doctors and hear what they had to say. Tanya also had the opportunity. She was invited to go with them as a translator slash evangelist. They didn't need someone only to translate. They wanted someone to translate who shared their heart, who wanted to share about Jesus Christ. 
So she was invited, and she got to go with them to a Muslim part of Serbia. And there's 20 or 30 stories we can share about that. Come up after. We're going to be here. Next week, we're going to be here. We're going to be here for a potluck after. Come and connect with us. Ask us for the specific stories. But the picture in the upper left Two of the doctor's wives, who are nurses, retired nurses, came and held a seminar for Serbian nurses on trauma healing at the end of COVID. And 50 nurses, 50-plus nurses from a medical clinic came to hear what they had to say. And when Tanya was telling me that story, she said, I, I don't know what the patients were doing at the time without nurses, but they, the nurses came to hear. It's another tool that God gives us these are more pictures of the doctors. But in the lower right corner, I love this picture. Of all those doctor pictures, I love this one. Because these are students, medical students, that God has given us relationships with and to pour into. The two, two ladies on the right side, those are two sisters. They're, they're finishing their final exams right now. One just finished and one's about to finish to become a doctor and enter their residency. And God has given us relationships with them. Again, I'd love to share every story about each one of them. Um, but these, these young ladies came one time when we had a German scientist. Oops, wrong direction. He's in the upper left corner. He was speaking on, on a scientific topic from his expertise. Uh, one time the topic was, did science bury God? Well, he came to share, and everyone's interested. Well, they came to hear what he had to say, and they said, we're not here for the religious stuff. We're here for the science. And they heard that I teach English. So they came to the English. And then they heard that we have Alpha Course, this group evangelistic outreach, and they came there. And they heard that we do camps, which I think are the next picture, that we do these camps where we get the chance to share about Christ from day one, opening scripture. And even during COVID, we were having, we skipped one year, 2020. But after that, the last two years, we've had 80 plus people at the camp. And they heard that we have these camps and they come. And through the next year or so, both of these sisters prayed to receive Christ. It's amazing. And why do we do this? Because we get to. Because the Lord is our salvation. Because we want everything that we do to be about evangelism and discipleship. And these camps, when we're out there, we, we get to go away for about a week at a time together. So we get out of their local context. We go somewhere. This is on a mountain in Serbia. And we get out of our local context. We spend a week together. We're sleeping at the same place. We're eating together. We're having all these activities. From day one, we're opening the Bible to share about God. There's worship music. There's a great mixture of believers and non-believers. And it's an opportunity to pour into, to equip the believers, to serve and reach out to those who don't yet know him. And for those who don't yet know him, many of them are hearing the gospel message for the very first time. Because until that time, they're coming saying, oh, I'm looking for my salvation in the politicians, in the money, in all these other things. And they don't know it's found. Huh? Salvation is in Jesus Christ. Another opportunity we have are conferences. Whereas the camp, we get together for a week and go away. 
That'll be during the summer when they're not going to have school. The conferences, these are discipleship conferences, usually for a weekend or an extended weekend during the school year. Same idea. We're opening the gospel. We're opening, excuse me, the scriptures. We have worship together. And it's, a, it's designed to build up and encourage the students. And we could tell you a hundred different stories but in the lower left, there's a picture of a young lady named Jovana and another young lady that I married 20 years ago. And uh, what did Jovana say when we just had a conference? Uh, just last month, we had the Balkan staff consultation for um, uh, staff that work, our colleagues from the six Balkan countries and uh, students who are volunteering with us. Uh, and she just surprised that she got out and said in front of everyone she, about us who are serving the students. Uh, she said, and these people, they can go and have their jobs and careers in the world and earn as much money they want and, and so on. But they, they gave up of all of that, and, and they're here uh, to work with God on saving lives. And we were just so encouraged by by her, who uh, who I just met several years ago, and pouring into her life, and of course some other believers that she spends time with. But seeing uh, them growing in their faith is ama- is amazing. Just like we have Alpha Course as a way to gather people together for group evangelistic outreach, this is an opportunity to gather people together for group discipleship but but real discipleship is not going to happen in group real discipleship is not going to happen at a church service this is a great place please come hear the word of god and be encouraged but then go home and in small groups in twos and threes and fours study the word of god hold each other accountable that's where real discipleship happens and we do the same These are pictures of our core group. Most of these are believers, but not all. And we gather together at least once a week as a group. And we're we're getting to know each other. We hear each other's hearts. What are you going through? Where are you struggling? How can we hold you up and lift you up and pray for you and encourage you? And where do you need a kick in the pants? Where, Where are things not going right and you need a little push in the right direction, a little bit of correction? And we love this group it's most of them are believers one encouraging thing to us is not all of them are because the believer students have started inviting their non-believer friends to come and join us when we meet together like this and the reason that's encouraging is because the believers are not just sitting back soaking it in they're saying hey there's something here going on that i want my friends to be part of i want them to hear this And that's so encouraging. So through this, we get the opportunity to reach out to and pour into uh, new students and get to meet and develop those relationships. But again, this is in, in a group format. But a lot of what we get to do, if it'll go to the picture, is meeting with students one on one. Could you help me go to the next slide, please? Oh, excuse me. In May, in our group, we invited students for four of them to lead, lead the discussion. And we invited four of them to teach their peers, the rest of this group, open the word of God and have the opportunity to teach. And it was a great opportunity to see for them to get the experience of doing it and for us to see where they're at 
to see how they're feeling, how they're understanding, how they're communicating, give them a pat on the back for what they were doing great and things they needed to work on to meet with them on the side, not publicly to, to embarrass them, but to say, you know what, here's something you said that maybe, maybe needs a little bit of adjustment. Everything we do, we want it to be about discipleship and evangelism. Could we go to the next, please? These are the faces of some of the students that we get to meet with regularly. Every one of them has a story. And I wish I had time for every story. If we could go till 2 o'clock, it wouldn't be enough. But every one of these students has a story. Bottom row in the middle is a dark-skinned short guy really good guy. As soon as we came to this new city, we moved there about five, six years ago. Uh, we got to meet him. He's a young man seeking growth, seeking God. And, and a month or two ago, he said to us, Steve and Tanya, you're, you're my spiritual mother and father. And every one of these, we could tell you stories. Could we go to the next? This is another opportunity we've had. There's an American Bible college in Minnesota that sends Bible students for their third year, their junior year, abroad to serve with international missions ministries. And so for two years, these teams came, one each year, to serve alongside us. It was an interesting opportunity to pour into them, to develop, to, excuse me, help see them develop God, work in their hearts, to mentor them, to disciple them. Again, every one of them has, has a story, but I'll tell you the picture on the bottom left. There's a husband and wife there who are, God willing, this fall going to move to Serbia to join our team in a different city, but our team. And, and we got to be part of seeing God work in their lives. Everything we do, we want it to be about evangelism and discipleship. If we can go... These are pictures we have of opportunities of teaching in different settings, whether it's in church or small group or, or um, at conferences and camps that we put on. Next slide, please. This is a team that Tanya's been on for many years. Could you share about it? Uh, CBSI, uh, Community Bible Study International, I'll just quickly say you have it in the States and in maybe 100 countries in the world. Uh, materials used for uh, developing, uh, developing community uh, Bible study uh, in small home groups. So I, I highly recommend it. I'm part of national Serbian team promoting um, uh, home group Bible studies. Uh, and this is a great uh, tool for evangelism and discipleship also. Uh, so j this is just shortly. But you can Google it and see in your area uh, who are the leaders of this team. So y you can get to this uh, great materials as, uh, to use as a tool for evangelism and discipleship. A couple more quick pictures. If we can go to the next. This is another conference I was blessed to be part of organizing, gathering people from the region, not just Serbia, but mostly Serbia, getting them together, encouraging them to get into the word of God, not just coming and listening to the sermon, but getting into the word of God personally. These are some pictures. I'd love to share each and every story about them. If you want, come up to us afterwards. But these are some young men who in the last year or so we got in contact with again, or God put us in contact with. And one was someone I knew 20 years ago, someone Two of them are some that we met at an evangelistic event 10 or 12 years ago. And, and one is someone that, that we poured into for years and hadn't seen for a few years. And we didn't know where he was. And each and every one of us, of them, 
came to us in the last year, year and a half and said, hey, here's what you meant to me. Here's how God used you in my life. And we all need that. And I love looking at these pictures because I remember each of those stories. If you want to know what those stories are, we're around. If you can go to the next. And I want to finish with this because I want you to see the faces of some of the young people that you are part of reaching because uh, you are part of this team. You are part of the team reaching Serbian people for the name of Christ, of evangelism and discipleship. Every story we have shared, you are part of that. We are the Church on the Mountains missionaries. You are part of this team. And as part of that team, we want to invite you. We want to invite you. Can you go to the last picture? There's a small version of this picture in a little card. has a backside too. We want to invite you there on the two small tables in the back as you're exiting. Um, there are these, they're called prayer cards. If you want to pray with us, take one of these, put it somewhere that it's gonna, you're going to see it. It's going to remind you to be praying in your Bible, on the refrigerator, uh, wherever it is that it's going to remind you. Take it, take it and put it there. And there's pictures front and back, but be praying with us. Sometimes people say, okay, I'll pray. It's the least I can do. Folks, that's the best we can do is pray. For some reason, God wants that communication with us, and he chooses to act when his children pray and seek him. The other thing, buy those prayer cards is a sheet like this. If I know some of you, many of you are already receiving our email updates that we share what God is doing in Serbia. If you're not receiving it, if you've changed your email address, uh, they'll be out there on those two tables. There's a pin there. Put your name. I'm not a nurse. I can't read doctor's handwriting, so please make it legible. And your email address. And we would love to send you those email updates. So we want to thank you again for letting us be here to share with you what God is doing. We want to thank you for being part of what God is doing in Serbia. Why? Because the Lord is our salvation.